Welcome to the Alex Cast. I did it. I said the thing. All right. So I took a summer vacation. I'm back from aforementioned summer vacation. We had some things to discuss today. Not not much. I don't even know if this is going to be a full episode because I have uh, it's going to be. I'm going to do like a half an hour or something. Who, who, who fucking cares? The point is. I have some things to talk about, some things to set up in future, because I've got a new segment coming up um, that I want to discuss with you guys. But I thought first, let's do a little cleanup. Uh, Last I spoke to you and you listened, I announced that I was doing a book signing at the Standard, 14 Northeast 22nd, and I invited you all to come. And that has happened. That that happened a bit ago. Um, and it went off without a hitch. And by without a hitch, I mean very, very stingy turnout. Uh, I, I was hesitant to even bring this up on the show because it's one of those things of like, you know, fake it till you make it. Like, let's pretend I'm a, you know, more popular person than I am, I suppose. But I look at the numbers I have of downloads for this show. How many Twitter followers I have, how many Facebook likes I have, etc. Do none of you live in Portland? Is that the problem? Or are all of those likes and Twitter followers like dead accounts from five years ago? Because I'm I'm stymied by the lack of response. And and this isn't like I am not I mean, it's a little bitching, but like don't take this as like a complaint towards any of you. Uh, a good amount of people did show up to the signing. It was very fun. I I had a lovely time. Uh, I talked to some people. I signed some books. Uh, it was good. We had drinks. It was it was you know I'd go as far as to say delightful, fun times. It was like three hours of goodness. But I knew the people there, for the most part. I mean, some I knew from being a listener, but no new listeners or like you know no listeners who are new to me were there. And I think about what goes on on um, Twitter and Facebook and how I get very little response from people on there. And again, not bitching. This is just more questioning of, so is my audience no longer focused in Portland? Because back when the Alex Cats was like super big, I had the, the number one place of listening was Portland. And then number two was England, mostly around London, weirdly enough. And then then back then it goes back to America for the next like, you know, seven spots or 10 spots or something. So I wonder if I lost some lost some of or, you know, all of my Portland listenership or because the nature of the show is everybody just kind of closeted weirdos, because that's a phrase I've used to describe myself. Oh, closet is the wrong term. Um, basement dwelling weirdos. Uh, 
like people, that, uh, introverts. Is that why they're not there and not responding? I don't know, but it, it is a genuine concern on my part. Especially the Twitter thing, where I find it hard to keep doing social media without the social aspect. Because I have like four people maybe that ever respond. Uh, and that's that out of, you know, I don't know what my Twitter following is. So it's, I think over 2000, I don't, not much, but like, uh, you know, significantly more than you, uh, than one would expect for like four people that interact. So I don't, I don't really know what to do. I guess I'm saying like, so if you're listening and haven't spoken to me or haven't interacted with me in some way, maybe reach out. Like it's, it's, it's weird to keep talking into the, the ether. And I'm going to keep doing it because frankly, I have nothing else to do with my life, but it'd be nice to, to have some interaction. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is. So, so do all of you live far away? Right? Cause the people I interact with don't live in Portland. So is it just that all of my listeners aren't in Portland anymore? And that's the deal. Um, is it that, you know, all of my downloads and Twitter followers and Facebook people are all, you know, uh, legacy likes from, from an, you know, an Eldrick version of, of the Alex cast. As I said that, I'm going to look up the word Eldrick because I don't think that's what it means. Uh, another just something weird or spooky. Yeah. I thought it meant, I thought there was like an old aspect to it. Uncanny, strange, foreign. Okay, well, yeah, I totally used it wrong. For some reason, I thought like Eldrick had like a, an age, I guess because everybody refers to like old timey stuff as old and, you know, spooky. So anyway, let's say from a, from a, an ancient Alex Cast listenership. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. So anyway. Uh, we did the signing and it went off, you know, fine. People showed up. It, it, it was good. But it leaves me wondering. I took a break from social media. Not a full break, but I, I stopped using Facebook for, you know, a week or whatever. I'm still not really back on it yet. Um, and I didn't do Twitter for a minute. And Instagram, I kind of stayed on because people actually seemed to uh, respond there. Because it's, it's just weird to do social media without the social aspect it's there's there's an, there's an aspect of badness but anyway uh if you're listening reach out because it would be nice to know there's people on the other end or, or don't you know it's fine it's not like it, it's not you know there's nothing incumbent on you to, as a listener but you know especially if you're in portland let's do this okay so uh mibka sensi the book signing happened uh, the Taravada machine and other stories is still available on Amazon and, and Powell's and Barnes and Noble and any independent bookseller if you ask them to order it. Um, which so if you have a local bookstore you like, say like, hey, can you order this book by Alex Boland? That'd be great. The other thing, I have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Alex Boland, A L E X X B O L L E N. If you are listening and don't support the show that way, that'd be great. If you pay five bucks a month or just five bucks a month, there's five bucks once. There's a shitload of audio up there. The first hundred episodes of the Alex cast. Uh, there's unique audio that was made just for the Patreon. A bunch of fun games I play with the guests on John and Alex hate stuff. There's a completely unaired, never before heard other than on the Patreon feed, uh, John and Alex hate stuff episode. Uh, there's unique writing that you haven't seen before, so yeah, it's it's worth it. Or just you know support your support your local weirdo. 
or not local, as we just discussed. Probably not local. Uh, there, there's there's the plugs out of the way. Oh yeah, uh, I'm the Alex Cast on Twitter, um, Alex Cast on Facebook, and Alex Bowen on Instagram. If you don't follow those already. Oh, speaking of the book, the Terravada Machine and other stories. Uh, so now that I've had a lot of people read it, a lot is a very, very strong term. Uh, strong, I should probably look up because um, it's inaccurate. Um, it's, I've had a few people respond, and it's been universally positive. Um, yeah, actually, I've not really had a bad review yet, which is good. Not That's not an invite. If you, if you don't like the book, leave a really good review anyway, because, you know, fuck it. You know, this is a free show. Help me out here. But uh, I got compared again to Murakami, which is a delightful, delightful comparison. And I, I can't, can't be uh, complimented more. I mean, that's just the best compliment you can get. But I also got this time um, that someone said my, my writing reminds them of Miyazaki. The uh, anime filmmaker, uh, you know, uh, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, I don't know how to say it, uh, you know, uh, Princess Mononoke and uh, uh, Ponyo and uh, Nausicaa, The Wind and all those, all those wonderful movies. And um, apparently I have a Japanese style of writing. And while, while having this conversation, I was a little confused because uh, my knowledge of of japan comes mostly from like you know uh like kenshin or inuyasha or, or uh, fucking dragon ball z i don't i'm not a i'm not steeped in the culture especially the literature i mean i've read some murakami uh which is why i find it so complimentary um when i was in college i read a bunch of translated haiku because uh, i went to school for for poetry and that's about it. So I'm not super well versed. So it's interesting to me that that would be something that's come up a few times. Now, Periphery, uh, I got that a few times. And then uh, this time for Terravada Machine and other stories. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So uh, in the conversation, it, it kind of came up as this, that what I could boil it down to is that my stories are n- not necessarily plot-driven, that it's more, I mean, in my case, I refer to them as more like character studies or uh, kind of emotional studies. But uh, the person I was talking to, and I'm saying it that way because it's somebody that doesn't like being referenced on the show. They've told me specifically not to. Um, so uh, they were saying that in kind of Asian and uh, specifically Japanese style of writing, it it's not necessarily like this plot driven. It's not the um, hero's journey, Joseph Campbell kind of thing. It's not you know expecting resolution of the main conflict. And I think that's where the Miyazaki comparison uh, comparison came from, uh, which was interesting to me. I hadn't thought about it like that before. But yeah, I think I think that's accurate. Um, Periphery, I think, has a has a narrative thrust that's stronger than the short story stuff, but even then it's kind of, uh, ephemeral. Ephemeral is not the word. It's, uh, it's, it's a loosely structured style of plot. It's more about kind of emotion and poetic verse than 
A to B narrative. And the short stories are like that as well. It was interesting to hear the comparison. And I want to go back now and watch the Miyazaki stuff to see if I can pick out kind of what they're talking about. Because I don't, I mean, I certainly know Miyazaki reasonably well, but I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, I've seen some of them recently, but I've definitely not watched them with a, with a writer's eye. I've watched them just as, you know, entertainment. And I'd be curious to see what that's coming from, where, you know, where this kind of, from, from whence this thought springs. An interesting thing, but anyway, it's a compliment. So, um, Done with book signing talk. Done with book talk. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, again, if you've read the book or even if you haven't, uh, go on Amazon and leave a review. Even if you don't like Amazon, it's just it's the way you can help me and it doesn't cost you any money. You don't even have to buy the book. Just leave a nice review, five stars, etc. They actually say you're not supposed to ask for good reviews, which seems weird because it's, you know, it's so, you know important to writers uh, yeah it's it's odd but i don't know somebody was telling me that it's bad to ask but i'm a fucking independent writer what the hell else am i supposed to do just let it sit there moldering in the dirt like some kind of eldrick horror <laughs> i said eldrick again on purpose uh what else can i tell you i don't think that's all the book signing stuff i mean it's not really a lot to report it was just basically uh, a pleasant time sitting around a, a table signing books i yet again don't have a good signature uh if anybody's has any of the signed books it is uh, i don't really know how to sign my name in any kind of uh, way that's cool looking um i still haven't figured out what i'm supposed to write this time i've been taking to writing enjoy which is uh, uninspiring but it's, it's a nice you know it's a nice sentiment i guess enjoy yay yeah that's about it moving on more book talk but a different book a book that I don't know which one it's going to be. So I came up with the idea uh, a million years ago on the old Alex cast that I was going to do a book club. And this goes back to, this may have been when producer Michael was on. So that was, geez, I don't know, four years ago. I, I don't know. I, I Fucking time moves weird. I'm, I'm old. But, um, we were going to do a book club and then discuss books, you know, take like a month to read or something and discuss a book and then get kind of, you know, tell the audience. Kind of like what we do with John and Alex Hate stuff on my other podcast, which, by the way, you should listen to that and leave reviews and love it and tell everybody you know about it because that show's great. But so on John and Alex Hate stuff, we, we review a movie in an episode. So it's, you know, about an hour of we're talking about one movie. And then at the end of that episode, we say what we're going to watch the next time. So by next week, you're prepared to, you know, know what uh, the next film is going to be. Uh, so I have this idea for the Outcast book club where we're going to read a book together. I mean, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to read it out loud because that's like all sorts of copyright stuff. I mean, I suppose if there's cool quotes or something, I could do it. We'll have to think about that. And again, I need insight from you guys uh, to to tell me what you would like to do about it. So it's going to work like this. I'm going to tonight give you the books I'm thinking about doing for the, for the book club. Um, and then whoever wants to get back at me, you know, the, the, the four people that talk to me or, you know, hopefully some new people or people I haven't heard from in a while can pop back in. Tell me what you think, which book we should do. And then we'll take it from there. I suppose I'll do a quick drop in saying, Hey, this is the book we're going to do. This is the version. If there's a book with multiple versions, 
and we'll give it, uh, you know, we'll give it a, a time limit. So it is right now uh, Sunday, August 25th. So maybe we'll do, if it's a, if it's a kind of a shorter read, we'll do a month. Uh, if it's a longer read, we'll do a month and a half. So, uh, I do, this show comes out every two weeks. So we'll vote on it. I'll put down an episode this week once I figure out what the book is going to be. So let's say we'll do the, if it's a short book, we'll do the end of September, that episode will be the discussion point. So not that it really needs to have an end point for you guys, because you could just, you know, if you're worried about spoilers, you could skip that thing. Um, but my idea is that I would like the audience interact and tell me what they're thinking about it, especially, you know, as the end of the, you know, towards the end of the month happens, you can, what you want me to talk about, about the book, what things you were confused by, cool quotes, things you thought were especially good, especially bad, whatever. So we're just going to talk about it. And that's it. It's it's going to be a, a lovely, lovely thing. Um, that's about all I need to explain. So here's the, here's the books I'm thinking about doing. Dune, Frank Herbert. The only downside to this is it's fucking long. And um, there's a lot to talk about. But I'm worried that people that either are slow readers, not even slow readers, just not fast readers or people that don't have a shitload of time on their hands, it's going to take so fucking long for them to read that it's, it's not going to be good for the, for the book club aspect, you know, like for the month and a half or whatever we're going to give to read it. Uh, not to say that I'm like some super fast reader. I don't, I don't want to come across as like condescending there. I just, I've read that book a bunch of times, so I could probably read it pretty quickly this time around. Um, 1001 Arabian Nights. Again, I think it's pretty long and, the downside to that one is it's individual stories. I mean, it is technically one story, but it's one story with a shitload of small stories inside of it. It's for 1001 Nights, this lady uh, talks her, I think it's her, it's either a suitor or her husband. She keeps telling him these more and more interesting stories so he doesn't fuck her, I think, or that she doesn't have to get married. Or no, 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 no. Maybe she's going to get killed. There's some dire consequence if, if she can't keep his attention all night. And then she keeps telling these more and more interesting stories as it goes on. So it's individual vignettes. It's uh, the Twitter audience showed interest in that, but I hesitate because then we'd have to, there's so many individual stories. I think it'd be hard to keep track of and to talk about. So I'm kind of leaning against that. Uh, the next two are the ones I'm kind of leaning towards. Uh, the Corpus Hermeticum, which goes to the, kind of recent uh, occult, esoteric version of the show. Uh, this is Hermetic Philosophy. Uh, I have a good translation. Um, the one I was thinking about doing, this is kind of an easy-to-read translation. Uh, this is the one by Clement uh, Salomon, Dorian Van Owen, William D. Wharton, and Jean-Pierre Mahi. This is uh, The Way of Hermes, new translations of Corpus Hermeticum, and the definition of Hermes Trismegistus to Asclepius. Uh I think this would be really interesting to talk about. I haven't actually confirmed with him yet, but I, I was going to have Eric Arneson come in at the end to have the discussion with me. Uh, with any of these books, I'm going to try to talk one of my friends into reading it as well and then have somebody in studio. But the main thing is I want to interact with the audience. So that's, I think, a good idea. Uh, we could do Valis by Philip K. Dick, another one that I think would be really interesting to talk about. A lot, of to a lot to talk about in there. 
Um, haven't read it in a long time, so that would be really interesting. Um, you know what? I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do a Twitter poll. So we're gonna do um, I'm gonna leave Dune and Arabian Nights for later because if this works, maybe we can do that later. So I'm gonna take that off the list for now. Well, I'm gonna take Arabian Nights off the list for now. But given that Dune, yeah, but we'll leave Dune on there. Okay, so we got Dune, Corpus Americum, Valis by Phil K. Dick. Uh, the other thing I was thinking, because I just put out a short story collection, is to do some of the Salinger short stories. Uh, I was thinking Franny and Zoe. It's a short story collection in quotes, just two kind of novellas smushed together. I think they're some of the best writing that's ever happened. They're fantastic. Uh, the other option is doing Nine Stories by Philip K. Dick, Phil K. Dick by uh, J.D. Salinger, which features A Perfect Day for a Banana Fish, which I think is the best short story ever written. It's it's amazing. Uh, there's also another story called Teddy in there that I, I think is probably, you know, kind of top five best short stories ever. So uh, that would give me a lot to talk about. That would give us a lot to talk about. I think it would be interesting. Uh, and those so those are the options right now um i'm gonna put no i'm gonna actually let's just say franny and zoe and notice i'm gonna say zooey and zoe interchangeably it's i i I used to say zoe well i used to say zooey and it's supposed to be shut up alex the point is we're gonna figure out what our first book's gonna be so it's gonna be dune the corpus hermeticum valis or franny and zoe now keep in mind the corpus hermeticum is i have it in my hand here it's um it's like, it's like less than 120 pages and pretty big font. So this is not a, uh, when you say corpus, it sounds like some giant fucking thing. This is, this is quick, but it, it's dense. Uh, Dune is very long, very dense. Um, Valis, I don't remember how long that is, but it's okay, Dick, so it's probably not that long. Uh, super easy to read. Really interesting to talk about. Franny and Zoe is, um, I don't know how, it, it, medium length. It's it not, it's not, it wouldn't take long at all. So those are my choices. So the idea is we're going to vote on it and then I'll come back. I'll do, uh, I'll announce it on Twitter. Um, and then I'll do a drop in, you know, five minute episode just saying, hey, we're going to read this book and tell you what date we need to have it done by. If that sounds good. If anybody has a better idea or tweet to this. And hopefully I can talk one of my friends into coming in and talking about the book with me. You know, talk them into reading it as well. Uh, yeah. So Alex Cast Book Club finally starting after... Um, whatever number of years ago that was that I first started talking about this. So yeah, hopefully this will be interesting. I don't, you know, I don't know how it's, how it's going to work or if it's going to work, but I think it'd be cool. So, you know, get in touch. That'd be awesome. Yay. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I really cover. Oh, the only, here's a, here's a, just a small thought I had. So, uh, I have to put the link in the show notes. How do I um, open link? There we go. So there's a kind of tick called the Lone Star Tick. And it gives people an allergy to eating meat. Uh, red meat. Uh, so. Let's see. Blah, blah, blah. It's not the reprogram immune system. Yeah, all right. So you get allergic to meat, which is super interesting to me. 
the kind of Gaia hypothesis says that the Earth is a sentient kind of, I don't want to say singular, but singular entity. Like Gaia is a a being, and it may even be sentient, or at least it's sentient in the same way maybe a, a whale is or whatever. You know, sentient is a, is a strange term, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's it's a it's an enclosed system that that has some form of autonomy. I find this thing interesting that the red tick deer that causes a meat allergy is happening as we are being strangled in the world right now. Like the, the environment is taking an absolute plunge. And part of that is emissions from cattle. It's a massive, massive environmental detriment is our cattle industry. Waste of space, huge methane going out, huge amounts of methane gets released from cattle uh, that is destroying the, the atmosphere, like, you know, very much uh, adding to global warming. It's interesting that this would start happening now, causing an allergic reaction to red meat. It's it's as if, and I'm not saying this in like a hippie way, it's as if the earth is trying to protect us from ourselves. I mean, it's it's curbing our desire for meat, and our desire for meat is helping kill the planet. And when I say kill the planet, I mean kill the planet as a habitable thing for humans. Um because the planet won't die. It'll just suck for us. We'll die off and then it'll heal itself back up and everybody will be happy and it'll just be, you know, kangaroos and, you know, woodlouses everywhere just dancing around being cool. Uh, just no more humans. You know? um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a small thought. I mean, there's also probably an evolutionary concept there that, you know, in a diminishing resource way, ticks that would cause this have an... It allows them to breed more if there's less cows. No, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It might. I bet you. I bet you. Sciency people could explain that without having to have the Gaia hypothesis. But I think the Gaia hypothesis is interesting in this case. So yeah, the red tier dick. The red tier dick. Yeah, that's that's how English works, Alex. Way to go. Way to way to have nearly what fucking nine years of this show and you still can't speak a goddamn sentence properly. So anyway. It's an old article. It's from uh, oh, it's not oh, it's from uh, 2017. It's not that old, but yeah. So uh, it's an interesting concept. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'm not entirely. I mean, that's it. It's an interesting thing. Maybe maybe we're getting saved because we're a bunch of fucking idiots and we don't know, you know, how to, you know, deal with the world without destroying it. So the world's kind of stepping in and helping us out. Yeah, I think it's interesting anyway. So that's it. There's an episode. Um, tell me what you think about the um, book club idea. I'll post the possible books on Twitter and Facebook. I'm the Alex Cast on Twitter. I'm and I'm Alex Cast on Facebook. Uh, go there. Say which one you want. I also would be willing to hear new ideas. Just tell me what you think, and I'll add them to the list, because hopefully this works and we can keep doing it, because it'd be interesting to do uh, books. And it also would add some more books to, you know, my list to read this year. I tend to kind of get stuck in ruts and end up reading the same style of book the whole time, which slows down, and I don't know, I just find it kind of... 
stills your thinking if you just keep sticking to the same kind of stuff. So I'm moving away from the kind of the cult thing. Uh, not moving away from it, I shouldn't say that. The variant that I've been reading about for years, I'm trying to like avoid a little bit. That's why I think the Corpus Hermeticum will, will be interesting because it's not something I've really looked into in the past, you know, two decades. So I think it would be interesting now to do it, to kind of put all, you know, kind of freeform chaos, magic y tarot stuff to the side and then get into this. So not saying that that's my vote. I don't really have a vote. I think anything we do will be interesting. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's it. Uh, find us there, and that'll be that. I will see you shortly with uh, a little episode to tell you which book we're doing, and then see you in a couple weeks with a real episode. All right, bye. Kisses.